Whoa, 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 whoa. Cancel that intro. What was that? What are you doing? I just wanted to see if you could see it on camera. Wow. Hey, for, forget the Extra Bases podcast. This is the gun <laughs> show with Jeremy Booth. I did. I was able to fit in my Tri-City Posse jersey. It's the same. So what year did you play for the Tri-City Posse? I played for them twice, 1998 for the second half of the season and for about 15 games in 2000. So are you just leaner right now, or have you just you're just all muscle? Uh, first of all, at the age of, of of not 17, to be able to fit into my high school Letterman jacket and a tri and a, a jersey for my first year playing as a professional was felt pretty good. Um, I would I would just say that something's kicked in. You know, I, I'm happy. I'm in a good mood. Uh, you know, we're, we're changing lives. I mean, gets to talk baseball every day. Pandemic's over. I'm back in the state of Texas, you know, I'm in Houston. I'm also back in the state of Texas, you know? So, I mean, I'm pretty happy with, with where life, life is at. And um, yeah, I, I just, I just feel like it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of all coming together. Okay. Cause I've lost, I've lost about 14 pounds, which I'm excited about. You can see it here. And you know, it's funny because I went back and looked at some old videos for some other stuff and I could see it in here. I don't think, I mean, I'm 6'3", like, because we're tall, we right. can typically carry the weight. Yep. Not that by any means we're obese or anything like that, but uh, I definitely notice it on television, so I'm happy about that. Should we just, should we just talk health, health tips the entire podcast? Yeah, we health and fitness. I got to drop in my diet was done by the Angels and Lakers dietitian, who's also the future Star Series dietitian, Becky Twombly. Um, you know, those meals, a lot of food, those meals are tough to kind of come by and put in your body, but, um, they're working and it's, uh, you know, I feel better than I have since I was about 22. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. I, I always joke with you time to make a comeback time not, to make a comeback. Not out of the realm, you know, it could actually happen. You so. could always do like, you could probably do NAIA, right? I don't know. I, I don't think I'd ever want to play again, but, um, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a position now where, you know, I'm actually able to work. I learned how to work from the gym and learn work from the treadmill. So I, you know, I take the phone into the gym, not, I say treadmill, but I'm not doing that. It's the stairs. It's the weighted vest. It's the elliptical. So when I'm doing those type of things, I can work I'm between sets. I can return emails. Um, I'm in the gym probably three and a half hours a day and people are going to roll their eyes at that, but that's not, that's not false. I'll get up and you know, I'm with Nietzsche and with Byrne and, and with him. And then as soon as he settled, I get out and I'm gone until probably about two o'clock from about 10. Must be nice. Anyways. All right. So we have, uh, I got three big topics to talk about and I'm not sure which one we should start with. So I will defer to you. You know what is on the agenda today. So which one do you want to start with? Well, I, I think which the, the one's going to fire you up the most, Jeremy? Well, I, well man, yeah, they're all kind of good. I think that all three kind of tie together. Um, I think that two of them on Twitter and two of them in general actually been pretty serious topics in, in baseball. And nice. in, in one of them, you're talking old school versus new school. So I want to start with that in, in okay. some. Okay. All right. So I'm guessing you're, you're, you're talking about Tony LaRussa and his, is that the one? That's the one, Tony LaRussa. Boy. Physically fit and reading minds. Wow, we are just something else. So Tony Larusa, 
Everyone knows what's going on. He said that your mean Mercedes would face consequence for hitting a homer during that uh, blowout and not respecting the game. We have a White Sox fan in our inner, our inner KHOU family here. My biggest problem is I guess I didn't like the choice of words that there's going to be a consequence. I just didn't think that that was the appropriate word to use. I mean, if you're not happy with the guy, I would just say, listen, you know, it's something we got to talk about. It's not something I'm a big fan of, but to use that word consequence, I just thought it was a poor choice of words. And and I think it, it kind of, um, yes, I know he's the manager, but it almost sounds like he's a dictator in that dugout, in that, in that clubhouse. And I just, I just didn't like those choice of words. Now our friend Daniel Gotera will tell you that, listen, I mean, here's a guy who's battled his way. Many people didn't even think your mean Mercedes would ever play in the major leagues and look what he's doing. And you know what? The guy's in the big leagues. So let him do what he needs to do. So I'm going to attack this a few different ways. And I'm going to kind of, kind of work to, from end result to kind of inception of the problem. Okay. Um, first of all, Daniel Gutierrez has not been, a, and, I, and I love Daniel. I do, especially the stern face that he has, you know, but Daniel has not been a fan in any way, at any time, of Tony LaRusso being hired to, to manage the White Sox. I've been vocal about it, uh, publicly, privately, sometimes in his dreams, from what his wife said the other day. I mean, he talks about LaRusso like he just can't stand He doesn't want the guy to be – he doesn't want to do it. Now, so with that said, if you have that much dislike towards a certain situation, um, doesn't mean you can't be objective, but I don't think Daniel's being very fair on the right issue. Okay, and so that's I'm going to start with that. The issue, I think, is also not in defense in, in defense of Daniel or everybody else. It's been kind of convoluted. A lot of people are saying he shouldn't have swung 3-0. Okay, other people are saying that the manager gave a take sign. You don't swing. Okay, I am in the second camp. I am saying the manager gives you a take sign. You don't swing. But again, working backwards to forwards, Tony La Russa, if there is anything he did, he should not have addressed it in the media. What should have happened is. Hey, Tony, what do you think about, you know, the swing on 3-0 for the home run? We're going to handle that internally. Next question. Move on. He's a professional. He's a Hall of Famer. He's done it. He understands what's going on. He doesn't need to throw his player under the bus. Um, in that mode, that doesn't play in any era. That's the criticism I have for Tony La Russa, is that you don't take your, your – um, you don't throw your players under – you just don't do it. You don't do that. You don't want to say, well, I said not to do it, and he did it anyway, so, you know, he's going to get punished. You don't do that, all right? You just say, we're going to deal with that internally. Not an ideal situation where the game ended up. We'll talk about it. Thanks very much. Move on. Next question. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is, if he did give a take sign, like I said, I'm in that camp. You don't swing. You don't swing. You don't – we're not in a situation where in any sport, at any time, people who are charged with leading the ship – which is what managers are. And if anybody doubts this, what I'm about to say, we'll always do is look back at the 2017 Houston sign-stealing Astros as what happens when things can overrun the manager and you lose control of the dugout in the clubhouse, okay? You do not put yourself in a situation where if the manager says don't swing, you don't do it. Now, if you or you do it anyway. If you want to talk about it after the game, you want to go ask him why, that's probably something you can do privately. That's how it's been handled. 
You don't just say, screw this, I'm going to do me, and you're going to not tell me what to do, which is what he sounded like afterwards in his interviews. Well, I'm always going to do me, and this is me, and if I wasn't here, if I didn't do me, I wouldn't be here. You don't care what I would be. Man, I don't, I don't got time for that. Like, it's, it's good, great that you're there. You're 1% of the 1%. Good for you. Manager says, do something, you do it. End of story. Now, this is where people, I think, are kind of torn up old school versus new school. And, this is, and there's a difference in here that we're not pointing out that shockingly, you and I will be the only ones I've seen on social media to point out, right? Um, today's day and age, they pitch position players. They punt the game, which is an awful look for baseball. You stop competing. At what time in professional, any level of sports, did you stop competing? What are you doing? You don't give in that way. I know, oh, yeah, we want to save stuff. You never know what's going to happen, especially in today's analytical world where we're walking as, you know, tw- uh, more than we ever have and striking it. You don't know home, more home runs. You don't know what's going to happen now. You just play baseball. You have a 10 run inning now like that. You couldn't have done that 10 years ago, right? So um, if you're going to put position players in the game, why would I ever ask a hitter to mail in at bats? Why would I ever ask a hitter to get out who's on the mound to mail in at bat and not compete? Because at the end of the year, he's going to be judged on that. It's judged on his OPS, his, his slugging, his, 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 uh, his average exit velocity, his batting average of balls in play, his on, his on base percentage. You know, anything he can do, swings and misses, chases, anything we can do to find out and to, I hate to say it this way, for those guys in the front offices now to hold against players and suppress salaries what they're doing, they're going to do it. So why would you ever tell somebody at 3-0 not to swing when he's got a position player on the mound and the Twins have punted the game? Who cares if you're embarrassing the Twins? They're embarrassing themselves by putting a position player on the mound. That's not the issue. Now, again, 10 years ago, that doesn't happen. Five years ago kind of started to happen, but it doesn't happen in some of the, the eras that we're used to seeing. And so you don't have to have this conversation because you're taking 3-0 anyway because the sportsmanship is different. Right. You're just doing it. So you're having this conversation because people that are controlling this game, that are dictating lineups, that are dictating when pitchers pitch, that are dictating matchups, all from a spreadsheet that have zero. And let me say this louder so people in California can hear me. Zero feel for what's going on on the baseball field. They're the ones creating this situation. The players have to play within that. They have to play within that. And so if, if you're Mercedes and you got a 47-mile-an-hour EFIS pitch on a tee, by all means, hit it to the moon, okay? And, tell, and go ahead and pad those stats and rack those points up, but you still don't get to disobey the take sign. That's Tony La Russa, if you will, and please pardon me for saying it this way, not recognizing the situation he's in, that the sportsmanship is out the window because the other team isn't competing anymore. I was going to bring something up and then I heard you, I heard your opinion on this and now it, it kind of made me rethink what I was going to say, but you know, I, I, I looked at it the way Tony LaRusso was, was handling it was almost like an arrogance, you know, that I'm, that this is my, just almost like a dictatorship the way, Oh, the consequence kind of like the, the, the card of, do you know who I am? Which is what, I think Tony Larusa, according to these news reports, he he kind of pulled that defense when he got pulled over once for DUI. Do you know who I am? Now, on the flip side of that, what you just mentioned, losing a clubhouse, I think you probably have to have that arrogance. That way, 
everybody in charge, everybody in that clubhouse knows who's in charge. You don't get a situation like the 2017 Astros because you've got a guy who knows truly it is his team and he's not going to stand for it. So I think in many ways you might have just opened up my eyes to what you were saying because maybe you need that that arrogance, if you will, to, to command a clubhouse of professional athletes who need to be led. You know, it's it's confidence in yourself and it's leadership. And and look, AJ Hinch, he's doing a good job in Detroit. Which and that team, by the way, has no baseball IQ whatsoever. But he's do he he had a club in in Houston that he did an excellent job of connecting to the players with. No one's going to take that away from them. Excellent job. Okay, he stood up to management when he uh, let me rephrase, stood up to Jeff Luno and the front office when he needed to about stop micromanaging the game in these situations. Let me, let me play, let me manage. Okay. Did a good job there. And you saw the difference in Luno led stat sheet games versus AJ Hinch taking the stats and having some feel, right. Which is how you want to do this in the first place. Okay. But you can't allow the overconnection to players to have them mistake you for being a friend. You're not a friend. You're their supervisor, their boss. Okay. You're making the decision. While the front office, and I promise you this isn't happening in Chicago, but while the front office most places makes a lineup out, in normal situations, it's a collaborative effort where the manager has the final say, okay? And Tony La Russa is making the lineup out. I promise you that's what's happening, okay? These guys are very talented. They're very young, not just young in age, but some in young experience like a Mercedes who he's obviously very young in experience. They need to understand that in the me, me, me generation, as unpopular as that is to say, trying to keep some kind of order in a clubhouse in a sports situation to steer a team towards a championship, which is what you're playing for, is a championship. You want to play for your numbers and your contracts, by all means do it, but you're playing for a championship. Chicago White Sox fans do not show up. No fan shows up to see you hit the ball at the ballpark and lose. They don't care. They want to watch teams win, okay? And so Tony LaRusso's job is to keep them to win. He's also there to teach younger players who, and this is no reflection on anybody when I say this, some of which may be playing a little bit out of control from a standpoint of understanding the bigger picture in baseball to teach them to be ambassadors of the game and to teach them to hustle and be teammates instead of individuals wearing a uniform, okay? 25 individuals, one team. 25, now 26 individuals, one team, not 26 individuals, and that's it. And that's what Tony's there to do. And you can't disrespect your leader like that. So the White Sox players and the White Sox fans, who, by the way, um, and I, I don't want to say that all White Sox fans are doing this, but people who, who are writers and people who are broadcasters, you and me, we don't get a vote. We don't get a vote in this situation. We can talk about all we want. That clubhouse is going to take care of itself. That ownership is going to take care of itself. And if anybody thinks Jerry Reinsdorf is going to A, lose, and B, turn around and let Tony La Russa be run out because somebody on social media or on TV doesn't like what Tony La Russa just did, you better guess again. The dude is staying. He's staying. And so these guys are going to have to work together. And the unfortunate part is that in today's situation, everybody has a vote. Everybody talks. Everybody's got a vote. They need to go handle that internally. Tony didn't help that. And unfortunately, now he has to get the clubhouse back there and say, hey, I shouldn't have blasted my player on social me- on TV and social media and in the media. I should have just handled it internally. I own that. My bad. My fault. I own that. Okay. Next time I give you a take sign, you're taking it. 
end of story. If you don't, you're going down to AAA, period. And as we continue this discussion about old school and new school, I sent out a tweet on Wednesday and I knew you would like it. I knew you would like it. I didn't expect, I did not expect the reaction it got. In fact, you later texted me and said, uh, how about that reaction you got? <laughs> Dusty Baker was asked about defensive metrics and Miles Straw and perhaps some of the struggles from a computer analysis sense of what Miles Straw has done in center field. And essentially, Dusty said, yeah, metrics are great. But then he said, you know what the metrics don't do? They don't tell you how to get better. In fact, let's listen to Dusty Baker right now, courtesy of the Astros. One thing the metrics don't do, the metrics don't tell you how to get better. You know, I mean, we got to have people that, that, can, that can help you get better versus just telling everybody what they're not doing or what they can't do. But, I mean, the fact that we're losing former major league players that can tell you how to get better is not going to help the game. So there it is. His message is, again, the metrics don't tell you how to get better and it's not good that we're losing all these former major league players to help the new school players learn how to get better based on the metrics. He just says it's not helping the game. And it's just amazing to see the reaction we got or I got on Twitter. Um, Gary, who I think, you know, what's Gary's deal? Is he uh Gary, Gary Patchett and I go back to playing against each other in college. Okay. Um, and St. Grove in the same general area for high school. Yeah. And I was his supervisor with Seattle. So okay. He- so Gary, Gary tweeted, just got back hitting with a kid who just finished playing at a highly analytical university said hitting coach doesn't talk swing mechanics approach at all. Just lets you know what to look for in certain counts through pitch usage data. Let's just say they had a tough year and the amount of likes that we got. Um, we got, I got. But um, it's, it's just, it's incredible. So clearly there is a large segment of this baseball community that is just completely fed up with the way the game is being played. We've talked about it at, uh, at nauseum. Sometimes I wonder if we're doing a disservice by continuing to talk about it, but you know, I just wonder where does it go from here? And I know you don't have the answer to that, but well, I, it's I, just crazy. I think I do. And, and I first thing I need is, is, is say is that we're talking about old school versus new school in theory. But, you know, go back to Patch's tweet, Gary's tweet. Um, and it talks about hitting with the kid analytical university. Had a bad year. OK, just that's what you take from that. And. Well, nobody ever has walked away from any kind of data information. Obviously, the data we have available today is a little different than what we've had before. There has been some contribution to the game that's been valuable. A lot of this stuff is recycled and repackaged and renamed, but there is some stuff that's different. Um, That kid's going to be frustrated that he was fed all that data. Nothing happened. He goes and works with Gary, who played, by the way, a decade, 12 years, something like that, um, in the minor leagues. And has experiences from a coaching side, playing side and scouting side. And this Gary's going to get him better. And then what's going to happen is kid's going to go produce. And what's he going to take the lesson he's going to take away is I want to do what Gary told me. I want to be like Gary. I don't want to be like this. Right. So it's not old school, new school. 
it's what we've got is we've got gone so far the other way that what Dusty said is true. You can have all the data in the world. You have to have somebody to apply it. You have to be able to get it there and make it and, and, and have somebody understand how to use it. The, the data that you have is a picture of today. Okay. Um, if you have several years of data, and I'm talking about the professional level, you know, swing and misses, again, chase percentage, fastball strikes, qual fastball quality, uh, you know, balls on the ground, all those type of things are useful data to kind of predict what somebody may do in a contract situation for production, right? Um, it can help you understand how to pitch people. But that stuff's not any different than what was used before. You have to have people understand how to apply it. If somebody's good with their breaking ball and that's a dominant pitch, probably going to throw a little bit, right? All, all you do is go back and look at Lance Curveball McCullers when he threw 700 of them in a row several years ago, right? So it's not like it's – um. It, it's it, this is not this is rocket science when we talk about the metrics aren't going to get you better we are losing major league players we are losing minor league players we are losing people who are supposed to be ambassadors of the game and what you have is frankly a culture of people who want to make all these mistakes at it but don't want to be called on it that's what's going on you know all these guys that are just doing it this one way which has led to more wild pitches more walks more strikeouts and now more no hitters right which that's we have six no hitters this year or seven. If you count Bumgarner, right. You have all these different things happening and we're still going to try to, they don't want to be called on it. Oh yeah. You know, we messed up. We did all these bad. Oh, it's okay. We got it. We'll fix it. We're just going to keep it. Don't remind us. Don't tell us. Problem is, is that there's so many people that care about this game and have given their life to it in 150 years that have always understood about paying it forward. That these dudes who don't care about baseball and don't care about paying it forward, only care about their, their success in it and their name, what can I do for me? Hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, and, I'm, and efficiency, by the yeah, way. Yeah, whatever. I'm Jim Henson. We use him because he's a Muppet guy. I'm Jim Henson, okay? And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make up this stat and I'm going to go produce that and you're going to pay me. Oh, we lost 1,700 games in a row? So what? Pay me. That's how they do it. And so guys who are analytical or not from, from generations that are very, still very much involved in a game are just tired of it. Owners are tired of listening to fans complain. Now, I talked to some people in the game, surprise, surprise, that are still working with major league clubs. And one guy said, he said, the players today are still better than they ever have been. I buy that. I buy that because they're better athletically. Every generation gets better athletically. So they're better athletically. I buy that. They know things say they didn't know before. They're not better baseball players. And I said that to him and he was like, well, yeah, I can kind of get that. They throw harder, but they're not better baseball players. Okay. And so the way the game is being played today is trash panda-ish. Okay. It's not good. All right. It's not good. So, um, you know, you, you, there's some frustration there. Dusty's right. We have to get back to teaching, to being ambassadors, to paying it forward. This game will, will die at some point, sad to say. But, I mean, it's hard to watch. Sometimes these games are hard to watch. I, I think we have a new rule on this podcast. We are not going to use the term analytics anymore. We're just going to substitute it with Muppets. <laughs> I'm in. Muppets it is. We'll call it Muppets. Muppets it is. Oh. Hey, you know this team uh, – This. Gary worked with some kid from um, Muppets University. Yeah, that's it. That's so, it. So, by the way, no disrespect to Gary. Here's Gary's story. I said, what's his story? Uh, Gary, San Jose, State, San Jose State University, eight years 
at triple AAA level baseball, yeah. eight years. So uh, kudos to him. Uh, real quick, Jet Reddick, Josh Reddick's wife, retweeting me today because, woo, Josh Reddick. <laughs> that was my tweet. Uh, woo, Josh Reddick had been uh, promoted to Arizona from AAA Reno. Good for him. Yeah, it is good for him. It is good for him. I mean, talk about a guy who, I mean, gamer, loves loves the game, respects the game. No, I could, you got to be happy for him. Good for him. Good, you know, hustle player, competes, great in the clubhouse. You know, he's kind of funny. You yeah. Know, he Keeps it light. You got to be happy for him. Yeah. You know, hopefully he can help figure out why these no hitters are happening because, you know, I called, uh, you know, I was looking for a scouting perspective. So I called Devitt Moore and he was still clueless. So I had to move on to the next guy. And what ended up happening is, is from a scouting perspective, like we talked about, um, and just to keep it simple, the approaches these guys have, they don't have any approaches. They're not very good. They're all over the map. They're chasing and swinging everything out of the strike zone. Um, you don't have to throw strikes anymore. Seth McClung did a great job uh, on that tweet today talking about hitters used to eliminate pitches. You don't do that now. Now you just, you're swinging because all you're trying to do is hit the ball as far as you can. And, um, you know, these no hitters, uh, it's, it, it's a low point for baseball. People go back to 19 was 68 and they start talking about that. And no, it's, it's a low point for baseball. It really is um, because the game is not better as a whole. It's better athletically, but it's just not better. And, and the lack of offense is flat out boring. I mean, the league batting average, I think, right now is 237, Major League Baseball. Terrible. And when you look at the Muppets, the Muppets, there's three three outcomes, right? Walk, strikeout, home run. That's what the Muppets are telling us right now. Well, I've said this on, on, on a previous Extra Bases, and I've said this on Sports Extra, and I'm going to say it again. Um, the whole concept of true outcomes is based on people being able to control their own, what they can control, right? That's why they're called true. Let me help the people who have never played this game before. Okay. Every situation changes. None of this stuff is true. It's not. The only true outcome in the game is nobody on, nobody out, OO, top of the first. That's the truth. After that, if it's 01, your pitch selection changes. If it's 10, your pitch selection changes. If you have a man on first, what happens with the defense changes? What the catcher's going to do? Is this guy going to run? All of that changes two outs. It's not a true outcome because you walk, hit a home run, or strike somebody out. It's not. It's a product of the situation at hand. All right? The only thing, everything changes pitch to pitch to pitch to pitch after the first one of the ball game. That's it. Okay? One, nobody on, one out. It's not the same as nobody on, nobody out. Right? It's not. It changes all the time. I had a good conversation several months ago with Thad Bosley. And it's a name you'll remember and, and some other people. you know, Former outfielder with the Cubs among yep. other teams and a former hitting coach with the A's and then the Rangers later when Walt Washington was a manager there, but with the A's in the early two thousands, when Moneyball came into play and I'm saying that for a reason and Boz absolutely reinforced that this true outcome thing is a It's a waste of emotion. It's false. It's made up because every pitch changes. I was talking to Boz and I was getting off a plane. I was riding back in the car and I was heading home and I was talking, I was like, hey, Boz, true outcome. He goes, come on. I said, Boz, it's 1-0, man, come on. You know, he's just, he's just, he's just doing it. And he's not, it's, it, it's, we're, we're, we're not looking at this correctly because we're, we're lying to ourselves. And then we're trying to poke our heads in the sand and say, ah, oh, you don't like it, so you're old school. No, the kids are recognizing it too. 
The kids are recognizing it too. Fix it before it goes, get, before it gets away from you because it will get away from you. It will happen. It's almost there. Thad Bosley, briefly a member of a funk group called Ball Players, featuring uh, Lenny Randall. I know that. I don't know. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Boss is a great guy. Great guy. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this uh, edition of Extra Bases for Thad Bosley, Devitt Moore, Jim Henson, and Jeremy Booth. I'm Jason Bristol, as always. Thanks for listening to Extra Bases. Like, subscribe, and of course, comment. Let us know what you like, dislike. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.